Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for Diva Live, the number one radio show in the private service industry. Diva Live is a radio show that allows private service professionals to discuss topics that pertain to their industry. Now, here are your hosts, Diva National President Matthew Hack and private service professional DJ Haverkamp. Hello and welcome back to another edition of DEMA Live. DEMA Live is a live interactive online radio show intended to bring private service professionals, product suppliers, principals, and recruitment agencies together to discuss topics of interest to the high net worth service industry. DEMA Live is produced by the Domestic Estate Management Association, a professional trade association with a mission to serve those that serve others. Our website is www.domesticmanagers.com. If you'd like to chat with us online uh, with our listeners during the live show, you can do so by registering at the blogtalkradio.com website. If you'd like to submit a question for our guests during the live show, please feel free to text it to 313-404-3998. Once again, that number is 313-404-3998. My name is Matthew Hack. I'm the president of the Domestic Estate Management Association. I'll be your host today. I'm also joined by my co-host, DJ Haverkamp, a private service professional that's based in the New York area. Today on the show, we'll be visiting with Nick Martin from Bartlett Tree Experts about what we need to be doing this time of year to prepare our landscapes for winter. DJ, how are you doing? Welcome back. Uh, It's been a a busy week here. Feels like we just got off the radio uh, show last week with uh, Mrs. Green. That's right, it did. It's been a good week here in New York, and I, I got to tell you, the, que- the uh, topic this week couldn't be more timely, because right now, I think everybody in New York is looking at trees. Uh, it is just a fantastic time of the year, and the fall color is just about at its peak right now, and trees are definitely in everybody's mind. So I'm sure our, our conversations with Nick here today are going to be uh, quite interesting and quite timely. I couldn't agree more. I know here in uh, here in Michigan, the the tree colors are starting to turn, and it's always a, a special time to be able to walk out and you know have uh, have see the kids playing out in the fallen leaves and see the colors changing. And you know what's even nicer, DJ, is uh, when you have seventy degree weather to go along with that tree. Yeah, change, right. So. Um, so it's pretty cool to be able to walk around in t-shirts and, uh, and have a good time. But, uh, sure. well, that's exciting. I, I, I couldn't agree more DJ. So let's go ahead and bring our guest on Nick. Welcome to Dima live. Thank you very much. I uh, appreciate the opportunity and I'm very glad to be here. Well, we are really, really excited and grateful to, uh, to be able to have you take time out of your busy day to be on the show. Um, Obviously, you know, I'd like to start with having you share a little bit uh, with our listeners about Bartlett Tree Experts and also a little bit about your career. I know that you're the assistant manager of Bartlett Inventory uh, Solutions team. 
So I'm assuming that you're going to touch a little bit on exactly what that title incorporates. And uh, I don't think people understand exactly how large uh, Bartlett Tree is uh, when it comes to, 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 to tree management throughout the uh, country and throughout the world. So if you can touch on that, that would be great. Yeah, again, thank you. Um, yes, I'm the assistant manager for our Bartlett Inventory Solutions team. And so I, I work with a team of guys that we focus on working with clients, state managers, uh, campuses of different sizes to assess their the plants and more specifically the trees on their property, whether it's looking at risk or, you know, future planning uh, and helping them develop management plans for for those properties. So I've, I've been with Bartlett uh, just a little over five and a half years. So I was working on my master's in forestry at Auburn and met my, my current manager at a training and came right to Bartlett. And uh, it's been a great, a great environment since. Um, but uh, Bartlett Tree Experts, uh, the company was, was actually founded in, in 1907. Um, and the, the purpose, the, the mission for the company was to provide good quality tree care to homeowners, you know, at, at a very, at a reasonable uh, cost. And, the, you know, the goals then are, are the same as the goals now to, you know, evaluate the trees, determine what's, what's happening with the trees, being able to provide services, whether it's pruning, soil management, and really be able to, you know, design a long-term management for the, you know, for an individual tree or, or a property overall. So, um, you know, we do the best we can. We have over 150 offices, actually. So we're located in the U.S., uh, British Columbia, in the Toronto, Ontario area, and then a, a great privilege to be able to work in Great Britain and Ireland as well. So it's, uh, it's quite a company. Yeah, it sounds like it would be a great company and great opportunities and, and a lot of uh, a lot of really interesting things that you're probably able to see that you wouldn't be able to see with any other uh, type of tree company that's out there just due to the exposure throughout the, the world. Um, a, a lot of our members are involved with caring for large estates with extensive gardens and specimen trees. What we'd like to do today is get your advice on what 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 they need to be thinking about to care when they're taking care of these fine gardens, particularly with the trees, I'm sure a lot of your advice may also pertain to members who have their own homes. I know that fall is obviously a critical time for landscape care, um, especially when it comes to the pruning and, and maintain, maintenance as far as that goes. Um, and we do have listeners all around the U.S., so I know there will be issues that may apply to some areas and not others. But just to get us started, can you tell us some of the general things that we need to be thinking about with regards to tree care? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, kind of for my, you know, for my specific focus is, uh, you know, being sure you know what you have on the property, you know, whether it's inventories or, or assessments, just to be able to track that information, you know, and that's, it's really getting to be more proactive than reactive. Uh, but, you know, in general, we should always be uh, paying attention to tree risk, you know, those trees that are declining in health or, you know, have large dead branches, you know, situations like that. And a, a big part of that is regular inspections. So, um, you know, we like to, to make sure that the properties are getting regularly inspected by certified arborists, 
those individuals that, that really know what they're looking for. Um, but, you know, paying attention to management practices. So, like I said, management is really trying to be as proactive as possible. So, you know, pruning throughout the year, fertilization, soil management, uh, pest and disease management, whether it could be structural support for trees, you know, large trees that have um, defects that you know, we, can't, we can't really manage other ways, you know, trying to do things before we go to removing a tree. Um, so it, it's really just trying to be as proactive as we can and, and, um, and manage the properties that way and instead of being in a reactive mode. Interesting. So what I find most interesting about this topic, Nick, is, you know, when we talk to, to landscape companies, they're always um, talking about things you need to do as far as fertilization for the grass and, you know, maintenance of the soil beds and, and all those different things. And very rarely do you get an opportunity to talk exclusively about trees. So one thing mm-hmm. I found really interesting about what you were just talking about was inventory of the trees. How, how does the inventory system work? I, I mean, obviously you're, you know, you're, you're part of that, uh, that Bartlett inventory solutions team. You're not doing the inventory at Bartlett. So you must be doing an inventory system you know, on, on the properties. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I, I have the great opportunity to work with a, a great team of guys that, um, you know, we, we have, we're kind of stationed throughout the, the U.S. and into Canada and, and again into to England. So we have some local guys, and, and what we do, we work with the clients. You know, we really try to focus on the information that they see as, as vital. You know, safety is always there, but they may be uh, involved in other in other things as well. So we, we'll send a team out to a property. You know, it could be small um, homeowner sites, be large campuses, and essentially, we, we go around and we evaluate all the trees on site. So we'll look for pests and diseases and defects. And then what that allows us to do is we can come back, collate the information, and put together a, you know, a three- to five-year management plan for that property. So, you know, a manager or a homeowner, that's a very good idea of, you know, where the property should go over the next few years as far as, you know, trees and, and even shrubs are concerned. So, and there, there's other avenues as well for, uh, for management after the inventory. So being able to provide a, a system that, you know, property managers can very efficiently find the information they need, note what has to be done, record, you know, record work that has been completed. So, you know, everyone has a, has a good idea of where the campus is or the property is and, you know, where we still need to go. Yeah, Nick, I think that's one of the things that I find in in my experience working on some larger properties is just how dynamic landscapes and things like trees are because they're living organisms that do change over time, whereas it's not like a building that's fairly static. The, the, The landscape and the trees are fairly dynamic in that they are growing and changing, and as each year goes by, they get bigger and, and things happen to them. But you were mentioning the the management plan that you develop based on your inventory. Is that something that Bartlett, uh, you guys would implement and actually carry out? And then if so, what are the things you would be doing like this time of year to for for management practices? Yes, yeah, so as, as far as after the inventory and with the management plan, you know that that's information we would 
turn over to our, our local arborist representative that we're working with and really give the path forward for them, you know, to work with those property managers or those clients. Um, so, you know, more specifically about, you know, this time of year, you know, the, the trees are still growing, you know, the roots are still active and growing. So, um, you know, paying attention to soil management, maybe soil testing, uh, we could be, you know, depending on the, the soil testing, looking at some prescription fertilization, you know, maybe some, some slow-release fertilizers. Irrigation is important this time of year, you know, and actually uh, several places throughout the U.S., you know, it's been very dry this year. Uh, and so, you know, trying to maintain that soil moisture. Mulching is a, is a great thing that we should be paying attention to, um, and this is another good time of year to be doing that. Pruning, um, compaction is, is a big one as well. You know, so the, the roots of the tree, you know, can extend a long ways past, you know, the canopy that, that you visually see. And so just trying to make sure that the soil isn't compacted and, and the roots have the best environment they can to grow. And it's a great time for property assessments. You know, as the, the trees begin to lose their leaves, you know, as a risk assessor, it gives me a much better uh, idea of the, kind of the, the inside of the crown. You know, I can see a lot more if looking for dead branches and things like that. You know, obviously not for for evergreen trees, but for our deciduous trees, we definitely can. So the the main goal is you know to try and improve the tree health before we before we get into uh, the dead of winter. Yeah, it's really amazing what happens with the trees this time of year and how much of it is about good, healthy roots. And that's both for lawns and a lot of things. Just if you can get good root growth in the fall, it will really have a big impact on your on your gardens next year. And I know from my experience, one of the things we've done on a couple of the properties that I've worked on is we've done some deep aerating of the trees. And uh, I'm a big believer in aeration because a lot of times what happens is big houses and big homes get built on properties. And then in the course of that construction, there's a lot of compaction and the soil gets kind of raked away. And so the, the substrate that you're building out on and getting those, trying to grow those landscapes on can sometimes be very difficult for plants to grow in. And I know building up the soil with aeration is, has given our, our gardens a lot of great response. So but one of the things that we're dealing with here in our area this time of year is the leaves and, and the leaves that are falling. And I was just curious mm -hmm. to know what your thoughts are on, on how to deal with leaves. I know there's a lot of debate about that. What, what are your thoughts on leaves? Well, I think in, in, the, in a perfect world, and it's not applicable to a lot of properties, you know, especially ones that are intensively managed. But, you know, there's still a lot of, of nutrition or nutrient value in those leaves. You know, so if you look where... You know, if we just take deciduous trees, for example, where their, you know, native habitat is, you know, they're, they're growing in a forest situation. So where the, when the leaves fall, you know, they remain on the ground and then it allows for that nutrient cycling and recycling. So, you know, I'm a big believer in large mulch rings for trees. And, you know, if, if you can leave some leaf litter under that tree, to, you know, try to, to let it to break down, get in the soil, help with that soil structure and the organic matter. Um, that's all the better for the tree, right? So, you know, we could maybe get to less fertilization or having to try and work with different elements that may be too low, you know, because we're removing that leaf litter. Um, so, you know, 
again, that's a perfect world. You know, we don't want to see two or three feet of leaves, you know, piled under every tree. You know, that, that's really not practical. But, you know, doing what we can is uh, – we're doing as much as we can for, you know, as long as we can. Well, it's great advice, especially when you're talking about managing leaves. And, you know, we're talking about dry areas. You definitely don't want to, um, you know, leave those leaves laying around too long. Um, and I think that kind of goes into my next question, which is earlier you talked about risk assessment, Nick, and I know managing mm-hmm. risk is a big issue for a lot of our membership. How does one do a risk assessment assessment of landscape or a particular tree? And uh, what are the things that, that, that you guys are going to be called in to assess? Yeah, so we, there are industry standards for our, our tree care industry and professional groups for looking at um, tree risk. So when we're looking or when we're talking about tree risk, uh, you know, we're usually assessing trees from the ground and we're walking completely around the tree trying to see if we see, you know, cut roots maybe or if a tree is leaning, um, maybe defects in the crown, large dead branches, uh, cavities, you know, hollow sections of a tree. And then you go beyond the tree. So then you look at the, you know, the surrounding environment. You know, how often are, are people or what we call targets in the area of the tree? You know, one's over busy sidewalks or, you know, is it kind of on a, a trail or a path that, you know, someone may walk under that tree, you know, a couple seconds every week. And then, you know, we get further in depth of, you know, let's say that that event happened, a, a branch fell on a car. You know, what What would the consequences of that be? So it, it goes through this uh, systematic process, and then we can get to a risk rating. And so we, we go through that process throughout the property so that you can really identify, okay, what are the trees that we really need to focus on first? And it's I think it's a great system because it really gives you a visual that, you know, most of the trees on a property are, are low risk. You know, it's just those trees where – humans and the, the built environment are really close to them or you have a lot of activity under them where that, you know, that risk starts to elevate. Okay. Excellent. Well, speaking of risk, I know that some of our listeners unfortunately have been in areas that were just absolutely pummeled um, by hurricane Matthew. Do you have any advice for getting trees ready for a storm of, of such a, a high intensity um, or, what to do after a storm like that hits your, your market? So I think the, the best medicine is preventative medicine. You know, so we kind of touched on earlier being proactive, you know, making sure you have, um, you know, regular inspections of a property and, and trying to identify those trees or plants or situations that, you know, are already in decline, you know, or if a tree is dead, you know, trying to remove those before those kind of events happen, you know, so I think that's the best place to start, uh, you know, with those, with those site assessments. The other great or another great way is, you know, kind of more of a planning stage is, you know, planting the, the appropriate species for the area, you know, local or more native species, you know, like in the, the Southeast with live oaks, you know, they don't grow large, they grow wide. And it, it has a lot to do with the climate that they deal with. You know, they're more adapted to, deal with those kind of events. Although, you know, as we all know, with Mother Nature, everything is is unpredictable, unfortunately. Um, But in other kind of events, you know, for 
let's say, for instance, evergreens and maybe in, in areas that get a lot of snow or could get a lot of wind, you know, they could be tied up or, you know, we have cabling systems that can be installed that, you know, kind of help keep the tree um, in the current shape so in case we get heavy loads. Uh, and another good one, you know, after the storm, which is very, very important, is to, you know, have have a certified arborist and a risk assessor come back out and look at those trees because more than likely after that storm, you know, we have new concerns and new defects, even though the tree may still be standing and still look good. Uh, you know, there may be some other things that uh, we can be, that we can pick up on. So being proactive and, and continuing to, you know, keep a, a regular eye on the trees is, is the best way. That's great, Nick. I, I was curious to know uh, a little bit about fertilizing trees. That's a question that I sometimes struggle with. And when is the best time to do that? Is that something that's done now here in the fall? Or what What are your thoughts on uh, tree nutrition and, and supplementing a tree's fertilizing program? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in uh, prescription fertilization, you know, taking the soil samples and, and – looking at what's maybe there may be too much of in the soil or what may be deficient and how that relates to the trees. You know, certain trees um, may require more of one nutrient or less of another. So um, I'm a big believer in that. But, you know, research has shown that in the, the late summer, in the autumn, the early fall, you know, this is a, this is a good time to apply fertilizers. Uh, and even going into the winter, you know, it, as long as we're staying above you know, as long as the soil temperature is, you know, above the 40-degree mark, it should be pretty good. And, you know, using slow-release fertilizer. So, you know, we apply them, but the nutrients are released very slowly, you know, over a longer period of time. Um, but the key there is obviously when, when roots are active. So we got to be careful with those cold temperatures. Um, but with, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, we may get onto new sites or properties that, different times in the year. So, you know, prescription fertilization can happen throughout the year, you know, if we're trying to correct some or try to manage some some situations. Um, you know, we just need to, to make sure that the, the conditions are right, you know, so it's not too dry, it's not too hot, we're not in a, in a drought, um, you know, just paying attention to that stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So if, if, one of our estate managers was managing a property and they wanted to take soil samples. Would that be something that your company could do or how would they go about getting their soil tested for, for the nutrients that are there and how they might adjust them? Yeah. What our arborist representatives and and technicians can do, they can, they can take soil samples around key trees or, you know, we would recommend also not only trees, but throughout landscape beds, you know, where we, where we have those landscape plants that we're managing and they can send those samples down to our research facility. So we, we have a research facility in Charlotte, North Carolina, and part of it is actually a diagnostic clinic. Um, So we can send the samples to the diagnostic clinic and they'll work with a company that, that goes to the soil samples. They'll provide us the results and then we send those back to the arborist or the, the diagnostic clinic, send those results back to the arborist representative and to the client, not only showing the results, but, you know, this is what we could do to try and either correct or manage those those soil instances. 
All right, excellent. Well, listen, Nick, we're uh, we're a big fan of uh, of sampling soils as well, and and uh, and I especially like the uh, the catchphrase of research sh- uh, shows. So I'm going to go ahead and use that to give us uh, a little bit of a break here. And uh, research shows that 95% of DEMA members that attend the meetings have a much better end to their week than those that don't. So I think that's appropriate, don't you, DJ? I think that's probably about 100%. I think that might not okay. be quite right. totally accurate. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Sounds good. Well, listen, it's that part of the it's that time of the radio show here where we quickly give an update of uh, things that are coming up in your neck of the woods uh, of upcoming chapter meetings and things going on around the country. And we have a lot going on this upcoming week. Uh, this Sunday, the 23rd, we have a meeting in uh, D.C. On the 24th, we have two meetings, one in Palm Beach, one in Scottsdale. Uh, the 25th, we have a meeting in Miami and one there in New York with D.J. Uh, on the 26th, uh, on the 26th, we have a San Diego meeting, Naples and Houston. And then uh, November the 10th, we have a special meeting in, going on in Denver. So, um if you're in any of those markets, please come out, support the association, uh, support the speakers and presenters. You can find all the information on how to register on uh, www.domesticmanagers.com under the event calendar uh, for monthly events. And it's a quick, it's a very quick click and click, click and uh, <laughs> a quick click. And you'll be able to fill out all that information and register for attending the event. DJ, you and I also have a very uh, special uh, meeting coming up, uh, radio show-wise. We're going to be having the the great people of Christoph are going to be on DEMA Live November the 2nd. And we're going to be doing a little bit of a special uh, radio show with them. And it's going to be on event planning and gifts for the holidays. Can you believe we're in the holiday season yet, DJ? Coming up fast, yep. Yeah. Coming up fast, so we got to think about it, and uh, we figured who else to bring uh, better on the show than uh, someone like Christoph. I mean, I think we can all agree that their products are uh, top of the line, and uh, we're excited to have them on on the show. So they that'll have be some great. Fun new things this year too, Matt. There's some really they interesting do. new they things do. for this fall. Yeah, absolutely. I know Nick. I know Nick's looking to purchase something for uh, for that special person in, in, in his life. So, Nick, if you sign in, you'll be able to get a uh, a discount code as a DEMA member and uh, mm-hmm. and, and shock the loved ones of your life with a, a little bit of a Kristoff. Excellent. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> so, all those, em- well, all those employees. That's right. Yeah, oh, yeah, there you go. You should buy something for all your employees, Nick. They'll 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 never <laughs> say anything bad about you again. <laughs> so, well, one of the things Dima is doing is working to encourage professional standards in the private service industry. We've been asking our guests here on Dima Live to share with us their thoughts on professionalism. So, any thoughts that you might want to share, Nick, regarding how Bartlett is having a professional attitude? and and how that's impacting your industry? Well, I, I think professionalism is, is, you know, really what makes a person or a company successful. And, and when you have professional companies, it elevates your entire industry as a whole. And, you know, that's only positive to, you know, show that your industry is very professional and really rate and elevate the, the industry as a whole. 
specifically with Bartlett, they the company has been involved in in professionalism and creating industry standards since the very beginning. Uh, you know, the International Society of Arboriculture, one of our uh, major professional groups. You know, the Mr. Bartlett was a key key person in developing that. You know, early early on. So, but. As a company, focusing we focus a lot of time and, and energy and resources into being professional. And one of the areas we focus a lot on is safety. You know, we the tree care industry can be a pretty dangerous industry. You know, we we have guys climbing very large trees, removing trees around buildings, cars, and so being able to educate and demonstrate to to clients that you know there there are standards that we follow, especially when it comes to safety. And just being professional with them, and you know, a lot of that has to do with educating. The, the company as a whole, I think, does a great job of trying to educate the clients and our neighbors and our communities on the proper way to care for trees. You know, because again, they are living. You know, they are living features in our landscape, and a lot of them are going to outlive us. You know, all of us on the call. So, uh, just trying to to relay that. You know, we do have industry standards. We are very professional. You know, we, we want to treat your property the same way we would treat our own property. So we 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 maintain that professionalism in you know in everything that we do. That's that's what helps build those those long time or those long term relationships and that's that's what we strive to create. That's fantastic, Nick. I know uh that that one of the things that Matt and I have been talking about when we in the association is just having that sort of high standards and and really maintaining that within your work ethic and I think that's really represented by your company quite well. Last Thank week you. on our show, uh Gina Murphy Darling was on and we we were talking about sustainability and some of the things that are happening from an environmental perspective and I know you said your company started in what you say uh, 19 07, I think. That's, yeah, that's 110 year history. And I'd be curious to know as you like reflect on that 110 years in this business, as well as like where this industry might be heading in the future. Uh, I know with, with some of the things that we talked about with Gina last week, that there's a real concern about like in, environmental issues. I know a lot of the people that I'm working around are very ecologically minded right now and are very conscious mm -hmm. about the environment. And I'd be curious to know what you're seeing as far as the next 110 years from Bartlett's perspective, as far as what may be happening down the road in, in the tree care world. Well, some, some things that, that are happening right now, you know, just to, to start on more of a, more related to an inventory basis is there's tools and, and programs out there, one specifically called iTree, where, you know, when we're evaluating these trees and measuring these trees, a lot of research has gone into these, um, into these tools where you can start to quantify the environmental benefits that those trees are providing, right? So the, the carbon storage, the carbon sequestration, air pollution removal. So you can start to quantify that information for individual trees, properties and we're seeing more and more and even with you know small homeowners that they're very interested in that information and they want to know what their trees are providing as far as benefits and then when you expand that to to large estates and and corporate or college campuses um, you know especially that may have sustainability offices you know you can get a lot of very good information 
from uh, from what the trees are providing. Uh, but moving forward and, and kind of currently right now, more specific to um, to Bartlett, you know, we're we're very conscious of this, and this is where our, our research lab and staff and our PhDs down in Charlotte uh, do an amazing job. You know, we Bartlett for was one of the first to really focus in on plant health care overall. So not just looking at, um, you know, fertilizing and applying pesticides, but looking at other methods. So cultural treatments. You know, the, the best way to, to try and prevent trees from getting hit by pests or diseases is to make sure we have the right tree in the right place. You know, it's, it's, it grows well in that area. And managing its environment, soils, mulch, you know, items like that. But also looking at um, at biological controls. So we could be talking about parasitic wasps or predatory mites, you know, releasing those kind of insects that feed on those pests that are uh, maybe damaging our trees or making them aesthetically uh, unpleasing. And then uh, one specific product is, is Boost Natural. So it's the only organic-based um, fertilizer that meets the industry standards for, you know, what they're supposed to provide. So, and it, it's only going to continue to move forward. You know, we're, we're going to see more and more, probably more and more exotic pests, you know, coming. So we've got to be able to provide those, um, provide those biological controls. So, you know, we're we're also seeing clients that we're working with that, you know, they're they're actually becoming very forward thinking. You know, they're putting it on their service providers. Hey, we want you guys to be more sustainable, ecologically friendly. So, you know, um, using uh, whether that gets down to the equipment or the vehicles they're using, their practices. You know, in in Bartlett, we use alternative fuel sources. Uh, we use you know hybrid cars for our representatives. So. Um, you know, it, it's only going to expand, expand, keep expanding. So it's uh, it's pretty exciting. Let me ask you to expound on that a little bit. Could you, if some, if one of our listeners wanted to find out about iTree or this Boost Natural product, is that something that's a, a a Bartlett product, or how would how would one come to access those? Yeah, so Boost Natural specifically is a, a Bartlett product. So uh, you can gain a lot of very useful information at www.bartlett.com. You know, that's our, our main website. The, another great resource is, you know, your local Bartlett office or in your Arborist representatives. Uh, they have a wealth of knowledge. And the great thing about our, our research staff and the research lab is, you know, we love sharing that information with other individuals. Uh, as far as iTree, you know, that was a, a system and some, and some uh, applications developed in part through the Forest Service, the USDA Forest Service, and other parties. So uh, the good thing about iTree is it's, it's free to, to everyone. You know, it, it's open domain. So if you go to um, iTreeTools.org, you can read about iTree. They have sample reports there. And you can, you know, you can download the programs to your computer. And it, it's really cool because you can, you know, you can plant trees around your house and kind of grow it out, you know, 60 years and look at what the tree is going to provide, you know, how much is it going to shade my house and reduce energy costs. So they've got some, some pretty neat tools there. Interesting. 
One one quick question I wanted to ask. Uh, here in the Northeast, one of the things I've been seeing on a lot of the estates is that there are apple orchards that have either been planted in the past or folks are excited about doing something for the environment and they'll plant 30 apple trees or fruit trees out on their property. And then 10 years later, those trees have never been pruned and they're looking kind of gangly and not very healthy. And I know, I know pruning is a big part of tree care. Um, are apple trees something that you guys would prune or like a specialty pruning, like espaliers that you often see on an estate property? Is that something that you guys do as well? Or, or tell us a little bit about the pruning aspect of all this. Yeah, so company-wide, you know, we, we focus on, on large tree pruning, you know, the trees that we may need to use bucket trucks to send climbers up, all the way down to the small ornamental trees and shrubs. Um, and I'm, I'm actually in the New England area now, and I've seen some properties where we have some amazing and very old alleys, you know, whether they're, they're beech mm -hmm. trees or, or other species. And, yeah, we, we focus on those uh, those type of activities as well, so... On the property I was at, they actually have a crew of three people that focus on these two LAs, and most of it is done by hand. So it, it's like a three-day process to maintain these LAs, and the same with espalier or espalier. Um, but to back to apples, yeah, we we have several offices that focus on the, the fruit tree pruning as well. Um, you know, winter pruning is a pretty big area. You know, we have a lot of offices that that do that. Um, you know, you can focus on the smaller tree pruning if you're not able to get into larger trees due to the weather or, or other conditions. Um, one thing that, you know, you can you can keep in mind as well is, you know, if you're going to be pruning one or two trees on a property, maybe in a key area, um, or if for some reason we're trying to do some corrective pruning and may have to make a, a little bit larger, maybe a little bit unattractive until there's foliage, you know, we can wait and do that until late winter. So, you know, it, it's not seen as much. So, Hey, hey, Nick, real quick, I, I do have a question about pruning, and I think that there's been some fallacies that are out there. So when you prune a tree, what is the overall purpose of doing that pruning? I mean, is it to it, – does it create more foliage and, and create a, a thicker, healthier tree? Or, you know, is it just to remove the dead so that it looks better? So there are actually specific goals that you're trying to achieve through different pruning techniques or activities. So on a, on a young tree, you know, maybe it's a couple years old out in the landscape. Um, you know, one of the best ways to try to avoid defects down the road is through young tree pruning or what we call structural pruning. You know, we try to to prune out, you know, whether we have crossing branches or maybe co-dominant leaders. So that kind of pruning is really to the overall benefit of the tree to improve its structure. You know, what we refer to as cleaning or, or maybe sometimes thinning, you know, removing dead branches from the tree. Uh, some species get extremely dense canopies, you know, maybe some of our smaller ornamental ones, which could make them more susceptible to pests or diseases. So we may send them to for more of a, a health uh, a health focus, uh, but a lot of times you know it gets to the cleaning and safety or reducing a branch. You know maybe we're trying to reduce the load on a branch that's maybe grown way past the canopy of the tree, 
or trying to reduce it from interacting with a building or overhead lines or maybe trying to, to raise it above the grass or a street so, you know, lawn mowers aren't hitting the bottom branches or, you know, trucks aren't hitting half the canopy when they go down the road. So there are different pruning techniques, and they, they really get to the specific goal that you're you're trying to achieve. So, Nick, do, do you guys do pruning like specialty pruning like apple trees? Yes, we have uh, multiple offices that, that do specialty pruning and, and the espalier and, and orchard pruning and, and other ones as well. So it's, okay. you know, at Bartlett we, we try to, to provide every service that, you know, a tree may need on a property, all the way from the, the soils all the way to the top of the tree. Um, you know, we, we have professionals that have been trained and, and do amazing jobs when it comes to pruning. So let me ask a quick do we have time, Matt, or no? Um, we've got about uh, about four minutes left, DJ, so if we can make it quick, that's cool. Well, one thing I was just going to ask Nick real quick is, you know, a lot of all these old estates have trees that have lightning rods up in them, and yet I don't mm-hmm. hear much about that anymore. Can you just real quick in two minutes tell us about lightning rods and if that's something that as a risk manager people should be thinking about with trees? Yeah, so this this is an area I try to focus in on the inventories as well as lightning protection in trees. And I know some people, you know, when I say that, look at me and kind of laugh, like, what are you talking about? Um, but, you know, if you think when you look across the landscape, trees are oftentimes the tallest feature in the landscape, mm-hmm. you know, and so it, it's easier for them to actually get hit by lightning. Um, so it's very important, and there's certain instances where, uh, you know, we kind of guidelines what trees we would consider putting lightning protection in, but tall trees with, you know, that are within close proximity to the buildings, you know, branches are, are over the roof. Those are excellent candidates for lightning protection. Certain species are more susceptible. So your pine trees, your extremely tall species, uh, trees that are, you know, are kind of on their own or close to water. Um, but ones close to buildings and heritage trees are, are a big one as well. You know, if you have a tree that's 200 years old, you know, the last thing I would want to happen is not put protection in it, and then the next storm it gets hit by lightning and the tree essentially dies. So mm-hmm. there's some uh, very, very efficient ways to, to try and protect them as much as we can. All right. Hey, Nick, real quickly, we're we're up against it here. Um, we got a little less than three minutes. Can you uh, – it's been great to have you on the show uh, if people want to get in touch with you and ask you some uh, some more personal questions regarding uh, their their um, their trees and things that they have going on on their properties, can you give out your contact info? Yeah, so uh, the easiest way would be uh, the office number, which is seven zero four five eight eight one one five zero, and I'm an extension one four three. And even easier is uh, through email, which is nmartin at bartlett.com. So those are, those are the two best ways. Excellent, excellent. Well, Nick, listen, we really appreciate having Bartlett as a uh, uh, national affiliate member. Um, we, we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to be on the show. Um, I actually might have uh, a referral for you in the Boston market. Uh, of a of a member that's uh, interested in talking with you, so that would be great to be able to help you guys that ha- help us, and um, and basically that's uh, that's gonna 
bring us to the end of today's DEMA Live. Um, obviously, like I just said, let's thank Nick for sharing uh, time and, and his insights regarding this topic. DJ, as always, thank you for joining me today. Uh, if you have any questions regarding how you can become more involved in your local chapter of DEMA or if you have questions about the private service industry, please feel free to contact us at info at domesticmanagers.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or have a suggestion for a potential topic or guest that you would like us to interview, please contact us at that same email address, which is info at domesticmanagers.com. Our show is available as a podcast on blogtalkradio.com and iTunes. If you, if you subscribe, you'll be notified when we post our most recent episode. We're excited to announce that we will be back, uh, not next week, but uh, the following week, Wednesday, November 2nd, when we'll be joined by Christoph. I have been your host, Matthew Hack, and on behalf of all of my colleagues and staff at DEMA, thank you for allowing us to continue to serve those that serve others. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.